you would please open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19, we're going to start reading in verse 6. Revelation 19, 6 says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. So we'll stop there. That's Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 12. This passage here, specifically verse 12, was the inspiration for the hymn, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Now, if you're anything like me, you may have wondered what it means for a person to wear many crowns on their head. And it seems almost silly to picture a person with crowns just stacked on top of their head, higher and higher. It's almost like sort of circus balancing act, if you think about it. But I think a very literal interpretation of this verse sort of misses the point. And while there are many literal truths in Revelation, we also must remember that it's a vision. And at times it uses symbolic language and imagery and metaphor. So the first question that we can ask is, what does it mean to be a person who wears many crowns? And I would compare this idea to a common English saying we have regarding a person who wears many hats. So when a man says, in my new job I wear many hats, we don't take him literally, hopefully. We understand this to mean that this person has different jobs or roles that they fill in their position. And this seems to be the interpretation of the hymn writer to crown him with many crowns as he not only calls Jesus Lord, but he calls Jesus the Lord of life, the Lord of love, the Lord of years, the Lord of peace, etc. So secondly, we can ask, where do these crowns come from? If Jesus is wearing many crowns, where do they come from? So let's turn back in our Bibles to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, uh, we're going to begin in verse 9. This says, And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. It's Revelation 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. 
So the crowns that Jesus is wearing in chapter 19 are presumably those that were cast before the throne of God in Revelation chapter 4. So what is the significance of this? Well, the 24 elders were also seated, if you read back in the chapter, on their own thrones. They are lesser thrones. So by casting their crowns to the Lamb, the admission is that this one, who receives and is worthy of wearing our crowns, is much greater than we. Amen. So having this understanding, it helps us as we now look into the very, very beautiful lyrics to the hymn, Crown Him With Many Crowns. And this is a hymn that was written by a man named Matthew Bridges. Bridges was born in July of 1800 in Malden, Essex. Malden or Malden, I don't know how they pronounce it across the pond. And unfortunately, there's not really a whole, whole lot of information about Bridges in his life. He was certainly not as well known as other hymn writers, such as Fanny Crosby or Isaac Watts. And he didn't have a sort of famous transformative story like John Newton, the once former slave trader who turned abolitionist and writer of Amazing Grace. Now what we do know about Matthew Bridges is that he was a poet, and he was a published author, and he was just an Anglican layman. But being influenced by theologian John Henry Newman in the Oxford movement, Bridges converted to Roman Catholicism in 1848, and he spent the rest of his life living in Canada until his death in 1894. A lesser-known fact about Crown Him With Many Crowns is that it was not the product of just one man. The versions that we sing in our hymnals today consist of a mixture of stanzas written by two men. The second contributor to this hymn was an ordained priest in the Church of England, so he was also Anglican, and his name was Godfrey Thring. And for reasons that can only be speculated, Thring tried his hand at writing more verses to Bridges' original crown hymn with many crowns. And this hymn is set to the tune of, to the tune of Dia Damata by composer Sir George J. Elby in 1868, who wrote the music for this song specifically for Crown Him with Many Crowns. Because Dia Damata, as you probably noticed, is Latin for diadem or crown. And this tune is also sometimes used for the hymn Soldiers of Christ Arise by the beloved Charles Wesley. And that's about all of the background that's available for this piece and its contributors, so let's look to the lyrics and together enjoy the fruits of these men's labor. So in total, there are 12 verses to this song. And while we only sing three or four of them in our hymnals, I think they're all very, very powerful and they're all worthy of recognition and reflection and contemplation. The first six that I'm going to read are those of Matthew Bridges, and the last six are those written by Godfrey Thring. So let's go through them. Verse number one. <clears throat> this is a verse of revelation. It says, Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king throughout eternity. Now Bridges here paints us a picture of the mighty throne room of God with the Lamb upon the throne. And he speaks about heaven's music, referencing the singing 
of the saints and the creatures and how this heavenly anthem drowns everything else. And finally, for his own soul to awake and join the great congregation in eternally hailing the matchless king. Verse number two. This is a verse of incarnation. It says, Crown him the virgin son, the God incarnate born, whose arm those crimson trophies won, which now his brow adorn. Fruit of the mystic rose, as of that rose the stem, the root whence mercy ever flows, the babe of Bethlehem. Bridges now dives into the, into the nativity scene, the first advent of our Lord, the God incarnate born, the one who was, fulfilled, who was to fulfill the prophecies of Isaiah, the son who was to be born of a virgin, fruit of the mystic rose. The mystic rose is another name for the Virgin Mary. As the rose is considered the most beautiful of flowers, so is Mary the most blessed among women. And though Mary was the rose, Jesus was the stem and the root whence mercy ever flows. Verse number three. This is a verse of love. Crown him the Lord of love. Behold his hands inside. Rich wounds yet visible above, in beauty glorified. No angel in the sky can fully bear that sight, but downward bends his burning eye at mysteries so bright. This is one of my favorite stanzas. As Bridges penned this verse, he undoubtedly asked himself, how can I most effectively show that Jesus is the Lord of love? And his answer is in the following line, behold his hands inside. In other words, look what Christ has done for you. In these wounds that he bore, he kept, and his scars are now glorified. Christ defeating death with death was such a mystery that the angels bent their eyes downward at the cross, marveling at mysteries so bright. Verse number four. This is a verse of peace. It says, crown him the Lord of peace, whose power a scepter sways. From pole to pole that wars may cease, absorbed in prayer and praise. His reign shall know no end, and round his pierced feet, fair flowers of paradise extend, their fragrance ever sweet. Christ, with his ruling scepter, melts hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. The Prince of Peace will miraculously transform war and bloodshed into prayer and praise. And round his pierced feet the flowers of paradise extend, symbolizing the restoration of the world, the long-anticipated return to Eden, to paradise. Verse number five. This is a verse of supremacy. It says, Crown him the Lord of years, the potentate of time, creator of the rolling spheres, ineffably sublime, glassed in a sea of light where everlasting waves reflect his throne, the infinite, who lives and loves and saves. Christ is the potentate. Potency, as you know, just means strong. It's a descriptor of Christ who is the potentate 
of time, the ruler of time, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all the rolling spheres of the galaxies. Ineffable, which is a word to use to describe something that's indescribable, says Christ is ineffably sublime. The ineffably sublime who lives and loves and saves. Brings us to verse number six. Verse number six is a verse of Trinitarianism. It says, Crown him the Lord of heaven, one with the Father known, and the blessed Spirit through him is given from yonder triune throne. All hail, Redeemer, hail, for thou hast died for me. Thy praise shall never, never fail throughout eternity. Christ is one with the Father who sends the blessed spirit from the yonder triune throne. Hail our Redeemer who has died to save the ungodly. His praise will be from everlasting to everlasting. So this concludes the verses penned by Matthew Bridges. Let's now look to the ones of Godfrey Thring. Verse number seven, this is a verse of praise. It says, crown him with crowns of gold, all nations great and small. Crown him, ye martyred saints of old, the lamb once slain for all. The lamb once slain for them who bring their praises now as jewels for the diadem that girds his sacred brow. So not only the 24 elders, but all nations, great and small, will crown the Lamb with gold and praise. And the martyred saints bring their praises as jewels to inlay the diadem that girds his sacred brow. Verse number eight. This is a verse of comfort. It says, Crown him the Son of God before the worlds began. And ye who tread where he hath trod, crown him the Son of Man, who every grief hath known that wrings the human breast, and takes and bears them for his own, that all in him may rest. The eternal Son of God is with us in human flesh as the Son of Man, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, who was tempted and stricken and rejected and bruised and crushed for our iniquities. The Son of Man who every grief hath known. The Son of Man whose stripes whereby we are healed. The Son of Man who freely extends a light burden and an easy yoke, that all in him may rest. Verse 9, this is a verse of triumph. It says, Crown him the Lord of light, who over a darkened world, in robes of glory infinite, his fiery flag unfurled, and bore it raised on high, in heaven and earth beneath, to all the sign of victory over Satan and sin and death. The Lord of light has illuminated the darkened creation. After ascending into glory, he unfurls his fiery flag in heaven and on earth as a sign of triumph over Satan and sin and death. Verse number 10, this is a verse of life. Crown him the Lord of life, 
who triumphed over the grave and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing, who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die. Those whom Christ died for, he now lives for. He lives that death may die. He lives to bring eternal life. He lives so that all may come unto the resurrected Savior and through faith in him triumph over their graves as well. Verse number 11, this is a verse of lordship. It says, Crown him the Lord of lords, who over all doth reign, who once on earth the incarnate word for ransomed sinners slain, now lives in realms of light where saints with angels sing, their songs before him day and night, their God, Redeemer, King. Jesus Christ, the ruler of all, the Lord of lords, the incarnate word, the slain Messiah, the light of light, the subject of saints and angels' everlasting praise, our God, Redeemer, and King. And lastly, verse number 12, this is a verse of glory. It says, Crown him the Lord of heaven, enthroned in worlds above. Crown him the king to whom is given the wondrous name of love. Crown him with many crowns as thrones before him fall. Crown him, ye kings, with many crowns, for he is king of all. And I don't have anything to add to that final verse. <laughs> so we should thank God for men like Matthew Bridges and Godfrey Thring. We should thank God for his inspiration, that he's inspired men to use their talents to produce such beautiful words of praise that continue to bless the church almost 200 years later. So before I close, I just wanted to ask, were there any of those verses that you specifically loved, particularly? Did you prefer Matthew Bridges over Godfrey Thring? Is it too hard to decide? That's kind of where I am. I think they're both very beautiful. Um, and I know we don't sing a lot of these. They're just not in our hymnal. So if there's another one you'd like me to read again, I will. Um, or just any, any thoughts over these. I'd like to hear the incarnation. Yes. Let me find it. That was the, uh, the Christmas one. That was verse number two. It says, Crown him the virgin son, the God incarnate born, whose arm those crimson trophies won, which now his brow adorn. Fruit of the mystic rose, as of that rose the stem, the root whence mercy ever flows, the babe of Bethlehem. beautiful song and learning that it had 12 verses just made it all that much greater I think so um, let's pray and we'll be done Lord we thank you for this day and for all that you bless us with thank you for the Christian saints of old who took time to write down these beautiful words of praise that we can now sing and reflect on and contemplate and just marvel at. So thank you, Lord, for your inspiration. 
thank you that you continue that you continue to inspire men and women to write praises to you and God, I pray that we could use these as tools for our worship and that you would be that you would be greatly exalted in them. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.